0: Welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt Courtney. My name is Matt.
1: My name is Courtney.
0: And we talk about the We yes, hey,
1: we're, <sighs> on, <Matt. laughs> we're both doing it
0: this time. Finally, because I always miss it. We talk about the do-dos and don't do's of personalized learning here on this yes. lovely podcast that you are listening to. Yeah. And uh we're, we're just before vacation in Maine right now, so all you teachers and administrators and coaches and students, uh, you're all ready for a break, right? It's middle yeah, of February. <laughs> uh,
1: a lot of us. I mean it's, I think it's definitely like uh, northern Eastern seaboard has uh, you know, New York has off next week too. I don't know okay. about New Jersey. I'm mean, gonna guess New Jersey does, but like I don't know how far south and west this midwinter, break occurs but anyway it's happening in a bunch of places
0: it is happening in a bunch of places that that's true and I have had some things come up lately that uh I think is I think is worth talking about when we talk about what personalized learning is and what it isn't Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and some of these things have been cropping up in uh in the job that I have and I thought today was a good day to start talking about that a little bit yeah um it's mostly uh, go ahead go ahead. I
1: was going to say, so what's happening, Matt
0: Shea? Oh, oh, you led me right into it. That's usually my job right there. So no wonder I screwed that one up. (laughs) (laughs) So what I've been hearing lately from some teachers that are just starting with uh, the shift from more of a traditional brand of education to a competency-based model or more of a personalized model, and they're struggling with assignments. Ah. And which makes total sense, right? The way we used to teach in an older system was you have your textbook and there's a whole lot of lessons, and then you test them at the end of the chapter and you move on to the next chapter, right? Right. That, yeah. that, that's or how we've always done it. Of,
1: yeah. Here's a bunch of worksheets. Here's a bunch of assignments. You do them all. You get the, you get, you know, at least. on all of them. And in the end you win. So uh, yeah, that's a hard mindset to change from.
0: It sure is because now it's not about the work. It's about the learning. And that seems like people are probably saying, well, of course it is Matt, but it never has been before in an older system it's nice. about work completion. And now when we talk about personalized learning, it's about the actual learning towards standards or competencies or whatever you have in your system.
1: Right. It's and about what do you know?
0: It, exactly. <laughs> what do
1: you know and what can you do? That's what it's about.
0: Yeah. So the trouble is I have some, some examples, but the, the general example is that I have a lot of things for kids to do. I have a lot of let's accomplish that, be, be reasonable and say it's a combination of worksheets. It's a combination of uh, like mini assessments, uh, mm. quizzes, et cetera, et cetera, all based around a lot of foundational knowledge that just basic level stuff, but they need a lot of it, which is honestly a fair assessment. I would say in, in many cases, there's a lot of foundational material in some standards that kids need to know. Sure. So I'm going to assign 25 different pieces of assessment in order to gather that. Uh, Let me me just keep going with it and see what the problem (laughs) is here though. So I'm gonna do that before we even start moving them on to more of the complex stuff. And I'm gonna make that assumption that this teacher in general has a vague idea of the difference between foundational and complex. Okay, so we're already down that road a little bit. We kind of understand that difference but clearly there's a disconnect, right? Between you, do you really, as you just said, do you really need 25 pieces of foundational evidence before you can start moving on? Right, I and, mean, I'm
1: gonna ask that anyway, whether you're using foundational or complex, in order to know a learner knows something, do they really need to show you 25 times?
0: Oh, well, Courtney, here's, here's my response back to that one. Um, I've got two worksheets per chapter uh, and the chapter is broken up into twelve pieces. Uh, hello, that's twenty-four pieces right there that I have to make them do. So yeah, so there. No. <laughs> oh <laughs> wow, <laughs> just a just a nice little no. No. Um, yeah. So so this is this is where teachers struggle a little bit with this is getting out of that sh- that mind shift of of well I've got two of these things per chapter, which is 12 pieces. So that's a lot of work we have to make these kids do. And the, the question that I would always ask back is, uh, which I think you are clearly saying in your no way is, so what, what do you do? And what are some opportunities to make that a little bit different? And the, the people that I were talking to today about doing some, some PD with these with these teachers around that uh, that is the question that I started asking, right? It's like, yeah. do you really need that much? How can you reorganize yourself into making it a little bit different for kids? So you're still gathering all that material, but you are you know where they are and when they're ready to move on. And that's the point of more of a personalized learning base is what do right. the kids know right now? And what do they need? They don't need 25 pieces of evidence. They really don't. no you can combine that and by combining, I don't mean just make those two worksheets and make them one PDF and give them <laughs> one worksheet.
1: Staple them together. Exactly,
0: now <laughs> now you have half. Yeah.
1: Like, no. okay, that is not the way that works.
0: No. Uh, and one of the things is we were just brainstorming a little bit this morning was, so what if, what if we had combinations of that foundational and lead them into that complex a lot earlier so once the, like the super basic stuff is out of the way, how about you start bringing some of that complex stuff? And so you're, you're mixing and matching now between a level two and a level three, and they're learning that complex material. At the same time, they're learning some more foundational material, mm. right? You can combine ah. them They don't have to be like siloed, right? Because that's, that's what we're trying to get out of is the silo between math and ELA and science and social studies and music and art, et cetera. We don't have to do the same thing within our class and silo the two level stuff, the three level stuff, the four level stuff. You right, can, like It doesn't you,
1: have to be a linear trudge through the foundational knowledge into the complex.
0: Well, I would, I would argue that you talk to a teacher for five minutes and say, how do your, how are your kids learning? Does Does it make sense that your kids are going from a one to a two to a three to a four in lockstep? And that's how they learn. And I would, I'd be willing to bet just about anything that they're like, of course not, you know, kids, some kids are going to be all over the place. There might be that occasional kid on a target that does that lockstep, but most of the time they're going to go like one, two, two, one, three, four, two, three, you know, it's kind of like a, like a random walk. Yeah. And that's where it gets a little trickier because now you have to figure out, so where are they right now? But that's why we design scoring scales. That's where we can look at the evidence that we have, match it up to that scoring scale and say, this is where you are right now. Here's feedback on how for you to get to that next level from a two to a three, or maybe even just a two to a two and a half. Right. That's totally fine and very appropriate but you need a scoring scale to do that. Yes. And in this particular meeting they had this morning, we talked about how some of the standards had those two and three levels uh, articulated and some targets in some content areas were only the three level for now while they were still being developed. Like that's that's totally fine. As long as they're being developed, you can start those conversations with those teachers right now. Right. Uh, what's that going to look like when you do have these that you're developing now? because it's going to help you develop those skills in response to what kids actually need to know and be able to do.
1: Yeah, cool. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like in my head, I'm wondering through like, so let's say you have a teacher and like you've sat down and you've kind of talked through this, but they're just still really stuck at that. Like, well, but I have, what was the number you used? 25? 25. Yeah. But I still have, I still have 12 more assignments that they have to complete. Mm -hmm. Like how do we move them?
0: So one of my, one of my responses to that question, which did come up was, okay, for now we can have some workarounds with that one, right? We can figure out in the system that they're using, how to actually assign those things to kids But here's the two things I want that teacher to be aware of. And the first one is explain to the kids why you're assigning more of that material, even though the system thinks that they have met that foundational target. So they don't need any more, right? Explain it to them that, okay, we, there's still a little bit more for you to do. Here's exactly what you, what you need. There's more vocabulary pieces. There are some more integration pieces. Uh, These are what they specifically are that I need more information from you, regardless of what the system is. Furthermore, I, as the teacher, am learning about the system Mm. and learning how to assess better and gather evidence better. I don't know what that looks like yet. And if I'm talking to the student and the parent, to be honest, uh, I'm learning on this one. So bear with me, but right now, here's why I'm assigning more work. It's just not more work to be busy work. And that's what we've always done. But here's specifically mm-hmm. what I want you to be learning in order to be successful, to get you from a two to a three and be really open and transparent with the parents and with the kids about why you're doing what you're doing. And you're working on ways to make that better for the kids. And I, th- I, I really think that's, that was like, my, that was my first step right there.
1: I really like that step, especially the piece about explaining why, what this work has to do with the learning, mm-hmm. like moving them away from, well, it's work because I invented it and decided you have to do it. Right? right. Like being able to articulate why they need to do the work. I think that's a really important move. And I think it was a very skillfully crafted move mache whether you thought that through ahead of time or not, that was very skillful to say. Why? Because that's ultimately what it's about, right? Is though, what's the point of this? And so if you're getting someone to examine that, you're going with it. It's it's like, you're like, great, yeah, give them the work. Just explain to them why they have to do it, what it has to do with gaining more, you know, a more complex understanding. Um, Because if they start thinking about it and there isn't a good reason, they're more likely to say, Well, I don't really need to make the learners do this.
0: Agreed. I think that's that's one of the benefits that I know is going to happen with probably some of that. Yeah. But the one, the pieces that they that the kids still do actually need to know, I think it's good practice for the teacher and the student and the parent to look look at specifically what that feedback is going to look like when the, the system gets a little more bit more organized, a little bit more mature that that feedback of here's where I am, here's where I need to go, that's good practice also, even if it's not explicitly designed that way, that's good practice on figuring out, okay, we're trying to answer the question, what does does the kid know right now? That's the ultimate question of why we're doing personalized learning so we can move them forward. But in that, it's not just, okay, they know this, now you're gonna do this. There needs to be feedback in there also. And if teachers are starting to practice that, for whatever reason, to give feedback to kids and parents, uh, I think it's only a win-win situation at that point. Yeah. So uh, I take a little offense to you think that I made that up all on the fly, Courtney. (laughs) We've been doing this for six years or whatever it's been now. My God, you think I'd be able to know what I'm talking about occasionally.
1: That's not quite what I meant. That's not quite what I meant, like...
0: I know, but the other way is just less yeah. funny. It's less funny yeah, that way. Yeah, you're
1: right. It's less funny. <laughs> so, the, you know, so the other thing I'm, I'm tossing like, tossing yeah, right in my head here is like, okay, so what are besides kind of like conversation moves like that? Right. I'm a huge fan of experience of getting people to be in the learner's shoes. Right. Mm hmm. So like, I'm thinking through like, is there a way to craft a learning experience for the teachers where there's some like ridiculous skill, like let's say washing the dishes, right? Mm-hmm. Something stupid like that or, or something that we all already know. Um, and just like beating the dead horse on seeing if they know it, you know? And de- like, okay, here's a worksheet on it now now match this you know like giving them like 15 different assignments for for, and and then stopping them and saying like you know how did that feel like at what point did you as a learner start to get annoyed because you knew you knew it but you kept being asked to prove you know it um and I wonder how that would move people so I'm going to think on that and maybe uh Someone can do that at some point.
0: <laughs> I think I think that's a great idea. Uh, you you just made me think of like, okay, if I was designing that for my teachers to start with that sometime next month or something, like how would I design that PD? And right. I think that's a great way to start with that, is put the teachers in learner shoes and yeah. see and see specifically what they're doing with something as silly as that, right? Like tying the shoes and that sort of thing that we talk about with learning menus all the time. Uh, right, right. Start start with right? things you already oh, you. know.
1: <laughs> Do it with tying your shoes, Matt.
0: <laughs> it would be great. Yeah. Okay. Here's a sneaker. Here's a shoe. Yeah. Here's a dress shoe. Uh-huh. Here's a boot. Right. Here, uh, here's a uh, <laughs> snowshoes. Uh, here is, uh, you know, whatever. And just like, okay, yeah, I I get the picture after the first two, but I still have six more types of
1: right. shoes. Yeah. It's like they're all the same. Okay, here's, you know, here's, yeah, here's a written explanation. Point out the mistakes. Okay, now write an explanation. (laughs) Okay, now talk it through to me. Okay, now show me again on this shoe that has a different kind of lace. Yeah, like that would be amazing.
0: Yeah. And then, and then here's your final assessment uh, where you all need to be quiet and you have 20 minutes to uh, write it out with pictures and a video, hopefully, (laughs) Uh, and then submit, and then we'll actually know. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, right. Yeah.
1: right. Oh yeah. All of that was not, that was not it. No, now yeah. you have to do it again for real. Yeah. Time.
0: We're just practicing. This one counts. Yeah. This, this <laughs> one counts. Exactly. It's like, oh yeah. Those are the things that I think would get the point across very, very quickly about what evidence is and yeah. isn't. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to use that yeah. one. That Those are fantastic ways. Um. Uh, so I think, oh, I think that was. A, please
1: record it. I want to see. Oh yeah.
0: It. Yeah. Record all of those um and uh, and send this send them to us on, on Twitter where you can find us at yeah. MC. Uh Perfect. That would be oh, or that'd be Facebook. so good. Ah, yeah, also at plearnmc MC. Or Everything. the website, also
1: PlearnMC. We're really think, good at
0: that. I think our, our listeners are getting the point of where they can find us, yes, finally. So uh, submit that to us in writing on all three uh, platforms so we know exactly that you know where to find us, and then we'll provide that evidence. <laughs> Uh, I don't know where that was going, but uh, uh, we we're a little late this <laughs> so week. we will
1: validate your skill by responding.
0: Exactly, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. We were a little late this week, uh, coming out on a Friday, uh, just because uh, life. So we're, we'll try to be back uh, again next Wednesday, uh, like usual. Uh, but with that, uh, we'll talk to you all next week. We're
1: just